0: This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: Hello and happy Friday. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. I'm Jamie Long. It's the 8th of October. And first today, it's feared tap water in thousands of homes in Kent and Surrey could be contaminated by E. coli. SES Water Company are investigating the problem with the deadly bacteria. Our reporter, Oliver Kemp, joins me now. And it seems quite a large number of postcodes could potentially be affected, Ollie.
2: Yeah, that's right, Jamie. As you say, there's a lot of postcode areas that are affected. I mean, a total of 443, which seems pretty staggering, but that's that's in Kent and also in neighbouring Surrey as well. So mainly in Kent, it's people in the TN8 area of Edenbridge near Seven Oaks and the TN16 area of Tunbridge Wells. Um, but obviously 443 affected postcodes is, is certainly a lot. Uh, the thing is about E. coli is people do need to be concerned about it because it, it's a bacteria that's not harmful if it stays in in the gut, but it can cause quite big problems if it finds vulnerable areas of the body, something like an open wound, for example. Um, so and some people are considered more at risk as well. So people including the elderly, people suffering with dehydration or with prostate problems, kidney stones. So that there are a number of people who, who definitely need to be extra careful with something like a potential E. coli contamination.
0: officials have been giving out advice to customers as well haven't they what can people do if they're concerned about it
2: yeah the official advice um is to boil the tap water before you use it so don't use it at all you know for drinking for any for eating preparing food brushing your teeth none of those things don't give it to your pets either make sure you boil the water before you use it and once you do boil the water you should keep that water in the fridge you should cover it and then use it within 24 hours
0: Kent Online News Next today the former cabinet minister James Brokenshire has died at the age of 53 after suffering from lung cancer The Conservative MP for Old Bexley and Sidcup passed away in hospital yesterday surrounded by his family Campaigners against plans to build thousands of new homes in Medway have staged a protest
3: Save Chatham Docks! Save Chatham
0: Docks! Well, dozens of people gathered outside a council meeting last night. That's despite potential discussions about turning Chatham Docks into housing being pulled from the agenda. Campaigner Gary Rosewell told us why he was there.
3: I've come today to voice my opinion of the closure of Chatham Docks, how futile and stupid it is uh, we employ people on serious wages, which they will not get if the docks closes. We load ships. We load ships that take material up to London that doesn't go by road. If we close, that has got to go by road, which will increase the pollution, particularly today when everybody's talking about what's good for the environment.
0: Well Rochester and Strood MP Kelly Tolhurst is one of those fighting to save the docks.
2: One of the key things with this local plan is where the housing's going, what infrastructure's going to come with that. We haven't really had a debate about where the housing's uh, to go. We've just been told that they're going to displace a load of jobs to build some flats and we're going to build houses on what was a gifted piece of land to the local community um, as an open space which is going to be built on. You know, These are decisions that are being uh, made by the council and we're here to show our to that. In reference to a debate that I had a couple of weeks ago about the docks, the Minister was very clear that the standard methodology formulates the housing target that is set by government, but it is down to local authorities to assess their local needs and come up with the arguments as to where they want to build on on, and where they
4: don't want to build on. So, you know, a lot of this does rest within the hands of Medway Council.
0: Elsewhere today, a former Kent PE teacher has gone on trial, accused of grooming and abusing a pupil. A court said Carly Deer, who used to work at Maidstone Grammar School for Girls, gave the girls sweets and provided extra support before attacking her in changing rooms and persuading the victim to come to her house. The 46-year-old, who now lives in Thatcham in Berkshire, has pleaded not guilty to seven charges. A Canterbury man who sexually assaulted a woman he met at a nightclub in Margate has been jailed. A court said Kieran Champion plied her with alcohol and lured her to a property where he attacked her. The 28-year-old from Merchant's Way has been locked up for six years. Kent Online News. Now, a Kent homelessness charity has told the Kent Online podcast that thousands of households in the county are in danger of becoming homeless this winter. Porchlights has made the warning ahead of World Homelessness Day on Sunday. Our reporter, Oliver Kemp, has been speaking to Chris Thomas from the charity.
1: Autumn and winter is a really dangerous time to be homeless, but this year we are particularly worried. We estimate that there are over 9,300 households in Kent who are at risk of becoming homeless. That's on top of the people who are already homeless in the county. Um, The reason for this is people have lost jobs during the pandemic, they've seen their income go down, and now all the government support that was there for them, so the furlough scheme, increased uh, universal credit payments, um, the ban on evictions, all this sort of stuff is ending and it's putting them in a really dangerous position. And then you add into the mix the fact that um, energy bills are going up and and people are really going to struggle to uh, keep a roof over their heads. And that that, that figure, that estimate,
2: 9,300 households, is that, compared to the estimates you've made in previous years, is that much higher than before or is it about on par?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's way, way higher. Um, I don't have the specific figures to hand, but it's going to, if it's not tackled soon by the government, it's going to mean a really, really sharp rise in homelessness. And that's not just in Kent, of course. That will happen across the country. And And... Thinking about the things
2: that the government could put in place, um, what is is Portugal calling for anything specific? Are there any kind of ideas that you guys have that you think that if this was in place, then this, these people might be less at risk, or these households might be less at risk?
1: Well, we would have liked to have seen, for example, the increased universal credit payments, they shouldn't have been cut. Um, things like that really do help struggling families. Obviously now that's happened, people are, are in a really bad uh, situation. So what we need to happen now is, uh, you know, if the government can get some kind of extra support to struggling families, it really needs to do so. We also need uh, proper funding for, for councils who work with, with people who are gonna become homeless, uh, charities like Porchlight who are there to support people and just better funding for all these sort of safety nets that should exist to stop people um, falling through the cracks and ending up on the streets.
0: The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. Now campaigners are repeating their demands for southern water to take urgent action to tackle pollution. There's been more than twenty separate sewage water releases in the Canterbury District in the past week, with fears sea swimmers are falling ill. While campaign group SOS Whitstable are holding a protest in Tankerton tomorrow afternoon. I'm joined on the Kent Online podcast by its founding member, Sally Burt Jones. Thanks ever so much for joining. Me. So what do you make of the recent sewage releases in the area?
4: I think one of our members used the word endless um, earlier on this week. It does just feel, let's say, relentless. Um, we message each other when we see that, you know, it's raining to say that there's probably now going to be a release and that's going to be two or three days before we feel safe to swim again. So it's disappointing. Um, the sea is a mental and physical health lifeline for so many people in our community. Um, You know, a lot of people live specifically here because of the sea, uh, myself included. It feels like at the moment the number of releases and the amount of of untreated sewage or the CSOs that are are going out into the sea is, is, the number is just increasing.
0: So in that case then, do you think that Southern Water are taking it seriously enough at all?
4: Well, we certainly hope after the protest on Saturday (laughs) that they'll be taking it a little bit more seriously than perhaps they might have done previously. Um, a lot more people are talking about the issues and are a lot more aware of them. I think now um, there is a reporting system on the Southern Water website uh, which lets you know when there are releases and for how long but there's no information there about what's been released um, and no guidance as to whether or not it's safe to swim. So that's what we're looking for in the short term um, and in the long term you know, we, we're campaigning to try and stop any release of, of you know, untreated sewage into the sea. Um, it's disgusting apart from anything else Um, it's ruining marine life it's harming local businesses it's you know hurting the community so it has to stop um southern water make a lot of money um i think it's their responsibility to come up with some solutions for change and quickly
0: and you mentioned as well people using this sea swimming in the sea in fact and you've had some reports that some people are falling ill
4: Yes, including uh, one of our own members who was recently sick with a stomach bug after going into the water. We're collecting information at the moment from the wider community. So um, our World Sea Swimming Group has around 850 to 900 people, I think, inside. Um, And we have around six or seven people so far that have come forward in the last 24 hours to say that they've been sick after swimming in the sea. Um, Plus, additionally, a substantial amount more people who said that their animals have been sick after swimming in the sea and have had very expensive vet treatments as well. So yeah, it's not always a safe place to be and you can't see bacteria. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to judge when it's, when it's safe and healthy, healthy to go in.
0: Sally Burt Jones from SOS Whitstable there they're holding a protest in Tankerton tomorrow, while well, Southern Waters say they're taking a pioneering approach and supports calls to end releases into the sea during heavy rainfall. You can read more at Kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. Now, the Kent-based head of the Petrol Retailers Association has called for an independent inquiry into the fuel crisis amid ongoing shortages. Industry leaders say recovery has been too slow as the military continues to be called upon to plug gaps in available drivers and deliver to forecourts across the county, while around one in eight filling stations in the southeast are still reported to be running empty of both petrol and diesel. It's claimed more youth services are needed in Kent to cope with a growing mental health crisis. There are currently 75 children's centres across the county. That's down from 97 in 2013. The Labour Group are calling for more support for families and young people amid a long term review into whether needs are being met. Kent Online News. Now, Romney Marsh's Only Cinema is opening today. The independent venue based at the Marsh Academy's Leisure Centre was due to open in April last year, but the pandemic meant it was delayed. Tonight is the big night, though. To talk more about this, I'm joined by Jason Mahoney, Leisure Centre Manager at the Marsh Academy, and Ollie Stalley, Film Programmer at Cinemarsh. Thanks to both of you for joining me. An exciting day ahead then. With your VIP launch event tonight, but I expect a lot of work's gone get into getting to this point, Jason. <laughs>
2: um, a lot. Um, we obviously lots of building work um, was was involved, um, sort of, um, sort of re, sort of assigning different areas and sort of making sure that the cinema could work with the rest of the leisure centre. Um, and we we feel we've sort of got that Um, it's sort of just uh, cited from reception so probably some people coming to the cinema that have not been to the Lotus Centre before would think it's probably been there all the time it's worked really well Um, and there was an awful lot of um, tech stuff that Ollie was um, basically overseeing for us as well
0: so the big new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, is playing over the weekend, a big one to start on. But as well as the blockbusters, Ollie, you're going to be showing some indie films as well. What was the thinking behind that?
3: Um, I think probably the, the main reason for that was um, we listened quite carefully to um, our programmer, who is uh, the independent cinema office. And as we are the only cinema locally Um, for a lot of people who haven't been for a long time. They would have missed out on lots of different genres of films. They might not even know what they like now. Um, By putting on a wide variety, we're allowing them to experience and look at lots of different types of um, features that they might enjoy. And from there, we can start getting their feedback and kind of tailor that to what uh, the local need is of the community.
0: And of course this is going to be Romney Marsh's only cinema why are local venues like this so important to the community
3: Um I'd say obviously um the multiplexes have their place but if you want to build on a community you need the community to be running the project and um one thing that I really like about the project is because it's under the umbrella of the Academy we have charitable status and what that allows us to do is put um, the, the revenue we make um, from the project back into job uh, retention and creation and future resources and future projects and knowing that when you come to the cinema it's doing good, makes you feel good and you know that you're supporting your community
0: Jason Mahoney and Ollie Stalley there. Thanks both of you for joining me. Or Cinemarsh opens to the public tomorrow after that VIP event later tonight. You can see all of the viewing details over on their website.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: In football, Gillingham visit fifth place Wickham Wanderers in League One this weekend. The Jules will be hoping to put on a better performance after winning only one of their last five games. Gillingham captain Carl Dempsey has told the Kent Online podcast they need to
1: stay focused. You always know what you're going to get from Wickham, real high intensity, real physical um, contest. Like I say, I played against them in the playoffs um, at Fleetwood and we generally thought that we'd be able to dominate the game, we'd be able to take the game to them, but they come out on top. Our big thing this year has been not being able to put as many 90-minute full performances in. We've sort of put 45s in, so our main focus is to just try and implement our game for 90 minutes. And I think if we do that, then um, we'll have a lot of positive results this year.
0: Well, kick-off tomorrow is at three o'clock. And that's all for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday with a new episode. In the meantime, you can keep up to date with all of the latest news from across Kent by subscribing to the IM News app where you can get access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone, bluebutterfly.co.uk.